Good morning, everyone. It is the 7th of February. My name is Lorna Denny, and I'm joined today by Alex Byrne. Markets were roiled once again by uncertainty over the speed of interest rate hikes, but also by upsets over earnings, particularly in the tech sector. We'll come on to those interest rates in a moment. But Alex, the headline grabber was these extraordinary price moves in US tech stocks last week. Morning, Lorna. It certainly was. We had Meta, previously Facebook, had $230 billion wiped from its market cap. That's the largest ever, by some way, destruction of value in a single session in history. Although the history is completely stacked full of these mega tech, simply because of their massive sizes in terms of the biggest losses on a daily session. Meta and Snap down over 20% on the session. Spotify also had some pretty volatile sessions over the last few weeks, given its flagship podcast presenter, Joe Rogan, continues to grab headlines. However, the wider story is positive and a few dramatic falls mask the strong earnings in the majority of the big tech sector. Yes, indeed, Alphabet, the parent company of Google, had a different story to tell and a very different market reaction. That's right. The broader trends in big tech remain in place and continue to accelerate. Cloud computing being one of them continues to drive the force this quarter. A number of the biggest players, that includes Alphabet, alongside its core search-driven ads revenues. The same is true of Microsoft, where cloud computing revenues continue to expand solidly. Again, the same in Amazon. It was stronger. Despite the pandemic-driven demand for e-commerce waning, its cloud computing and ad revenues have been robust. At Apple, the issues around supply chain measures were brushed aside to register robust, strong iPhone sales. Yes, certainly some encouraging data as well there. But if we go back to the macroeconomic front, though, we've recently seen inflation rising at an accelerating pace, and it's now hitting record levels in the eurozone, just over 5%. This has finally prompted a more hawkish slant from the European Central Bank. What did the president say? So Christine Lagarde admitted inflation risk continued to be tilted to the upside, the transitory story again appearing to be breaking down, with the effects lasting too long and strongly to be labelled transitory. The bank now admittedly close to its target on medium-term inflation, which is its core mandate. The market now pricing in more than one price rise this year, with the 10-year bund at a three-year high. Yes, and the Bank of England raised rates by a quarter point, pretty much as expected though. It did, raising rates to 0.5%, less than two months after raising it to 0.25. Also beginning to tighten its $895 billion balance sheet, no longer reinvesting the proceeds, a slow but significant turning point. Bank of England commentary was tough, though. The forecast CPI to peak in April at 7.25%. Controversially somewhat, warning around higher wage demands to companies or risk compounding the problem further, and warned that future rises soon are likely to combat inflation expected to remain above the 2% target over the next three years. And if we stick on the subject of jobs, there was some pretty strong data last week. The unemployment rate in the eurozone hit a record low of 7%. And in the US, Alex, the non-farm payroll data came in way ahead of expectations. Very much so. Jobs at 467,000 versus expectations of 150. Unemployment rate edged up slightly to 4%, with hourly earnings up 5.7% year on year. This is despite the disruption to consumer-facing jobs because of COVID, pointing to the underlying strength of the economy. Among other news, this helped to push 10-year treasuries to their highest levels since December 2019. And interesting data for the week ahead, we have US CPI inflation for January. Is that number expected to top the 7% we saw in December? It is. We have CPI expected to increase slightly to 7.3, showing no signs of slowing down and vindicating that market's early concern on longer-lasting inflation. Core inflation, that's without food and energy, should also increase, again showing the broadening of the entire inflation picture that the Fed was so wary of. 
And any more shocks to come on the corporate earnings front? We've got a few larger consumer names, which will be a good barometer for that underlying strength we mentioned, a good test of the consumer, and a few large car manufacturers. Again, interesting in two ways. Firstly, because of the gauge to the recovery. People go out and take this large-term debt, this large discretionary spend, and gauge the impact of that much-discussed chip shortage for the automakers themselves. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you, Lorna.